You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Come quietly or there will be trouble. Ah, fuck you. That's right, everybody. The only thing more bulletproof than RoboCop and Superman is 80s Revisited. (laughs) Back for another blast to the past with one of the greatest action movies ever put to celluloid, courtesy of Mr. Paul Verhoeven. That's right, the original RoboCop. The original. <sighs> Take, let that sink in, because, yeah, fucking RoboCop. It's real. Uh, July 17, 1987, a day that will live in... What's the opposite of infamy? Great. For me. For me. <laughs> Infamy. And it will it will live in for me. For me. <laughs> Good job there. <laughs> IMDB a criminally low 7.5. Rotten Tomatoes is a little better. 88% fresh. Surprisingly, looking at it, the budget was only an estimated 13 million. Granted, that's 1987 dollars, but still, that seems kind of a low to me for based upon the production value of the film. But before we get into that, Who you are. are you? God. <laughs> See, it's only the movies I'm really excited about. I was I was genuinely confused. Like, oh, what did I what did I do? I'm just talking about RoboCop. My name is RoboCop. No, uh, I'm Trey Harris. <laughs> I'm Daniel San Angelo. And with us, as always, our producer, who keeps us on track and makes sure we say the right things at the right time. Because if not, it would just be chaos. This whole podcast should be like, oh, who are these guys? Yep. Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. Anyway, now back to RoboCop. Anyway, yeah. uh, $13 million estimated budget, opening of $8 million, domestic gross, 53.4. Big success, obviously, because it had three sequels and a TV series and an upcoming reboot, which we will see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. And again, with a lot of these movies, I'm not sure why, but I, searching the internet, I can find no info on a worldwide gross on a lot of these recent films that we've done. But I would, I think it's safe to say, maybe, let's call it 60. We'll say it made 60. Uh, directed by the great Paul Verhoeven, one of my favorite directors. Uh, such a he's so prolific at action. Uh, of course, RoboCop and what else? Uh, Starship Troopers, Showgirls. That's on here, <laughs> but I was saving that best for last. Uh, also, the Kevin Bacon classic, one of my favorite Kevin Bacon movies, Hollow Man, with also the lovely Elizabeth Shue, who can take me on an adventure in babysitting anytime she'd like. Uh, and the Arnold classic, my second favorite Arnold movie, Total Recall. Mm-hmm. I haven't really watched it. <gasps> 90s Revisited. Blast Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I Paul Verhoeven is one of my favorite directors. Uh, I mean, he, obviously he's made three of my favorite action movies ever, of course being Starship Troopers, uh, Robocop, and Total Recall. Uh, it was written by Edward, Edward Newmere. I hope I said that right. But he also wrote Starship Troopers 1 through 3. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Even though there are three of them. Uh, Robocop 1 through 3. But he did write Starship Troopers as well. Uh, it was also written by Michael Miner, who co-wrote it with Numir, or Numire, however you want to pronounce it. Sorry, Ed. Uh, co-wrote Robocop 1 through 3, which, you know, two out of three ain't bad, guys. Good job. Uh, starring as the immortal, the only person that should play Robocop, should ever be Robocop, Peter Weller. 
as Alex J. Murphy, uh, not Alex P. Keaton. Mm. Uh, but he was also in Screamers, a great 90, uh, underrated 90s sci-fi film based on a book by Philip K. Dick. Uh, the 80s classic Leviathan with our friend Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. And recently he was the voice of Batman in the animated uh, version of uh, um, Batman The Dark Knight Rises. So he's, a, he's, he's been Bat, he's Robocop and Batman, old Batman. And uh, even more recently than that, he was in the movie I talked about last week in our Back to the Future segment, Star Trek Into Darkness as uh, Admiral Marcus, which was, it was, I didn't know he was in it until he showed up on screen. I, I like nearly wet myself. I'm like, holy shit, it's Robocop. <laughs> Fucking A. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's aged very, he's, when you see him in Star Trek, I mean, it's just like, wow, like, you know, such a stark difference. Uh, but of course, again, this was 87, we're in 2013. Uh, long time ago, uh, almost 30 years. Uh, so 26 years ago, this movie was made. Uh, and one, I think one aspect of the podcast, we, we tend to, because we, we get so excited or we get to talking about stuff we kind of forget to mention, but uh, this movie looks like it was made yesterday. With the exception of some of the stop-motion Ed 209 stuff, yeah, yeah. this movie could have been made yesterday, which is why you don't need to fucking reboot it. Make RoboCop 4. Don't reboot it. Small tangent, I'll keep it at that. <laughs> but uh, also starring Nancy Allen as Lewis. She was also, her other to, big claim to fame was Carrie. To me, she looks a little bit like Maggie Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal. A little bit. Kind of that... Nose and exactly. the, yeah, I can I can see that comparison. I can see that. Uh, Dan O'Hurley, uh, he's the old man, which that's literally his name, the old man. But he was also in the Last Starfighter, which will be on this podcast eventually, and also the Nothing to Do with Michael Myers Halloween Three. Although I believe, I would say, in my opinion, Halloween Three is also underrated. Uh, I think it's a very unique horror movie, but I'm not saying it's good. Uh, Ronnie Cox is the villainous Dick Jones, but he was also in Total Recall as Cohagen. Uh, and also uh, Beverly Hills Cop. He's kind of known. He's one of those like we need a villain. Who do we need? Who, who do we got? Uh, you got uh, what is his name? Ronnie Cox, or you got uh, I don't know who else. Child molester. Oh yeah, uh, Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. Well, let's go it. Let's go with Ronnie Cox. He's a little more sinister mm. on camera. <laughs> Sorry, and that's what we're looking for. <laughs> exactly. It'd be funny if they said that. <laughs> But he, I mean, he's he, he he plays a lot of villains. You know, he's kind of a we need a we need somebody who's a corporate scumbag who's you know ambitious to kill his competitors and fight to the top and you know could thwart RoboCop. Come on, get Ronnie Cox. Yeah, I can I can live with that. And then actually another Dennis Hopper was always kind oh of yeah he was great one of those kind of like that uh, like in Blue Velvet and of course in the '90s and Speed. Uh, but one of the greatest uh, 80s henchmen. Yeah, he was yeah. in the Mario Brothers movie. He sure was. I don't know. Well, he's dead, but I'm sure he didn't look too fondly on that. I would imagine. I don't know. This cop Hopper always seemed like a cool guy. He might go, yeah, that was a great movie. I had a lot of fun doing it. It sucked, <laughs> but it was fun. Who knows? Rest in peace, my friend. But uh, one of the greatest lackeys in the history of 80s cinema, Clarence Boddicker, played by Kurtwood Smith. Of course, everybody most... Most people, other than me, the first see, time they see him, it's the dude from the 70s yeah, show. me. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But when I saw red. that 70s show, I'm like, it's the dude from RoboCop, it's Clarence <laughs> Boddicker. Oh, my God. I've never, I've seen maybe one or two episodes. I've never, uh sure didn't catch on me. I haven't watched it a lot. But he's also in uh, Rambo 3, Dead Poets Society. But again, mainly, I think he's I think he's pretty polarizing. You know him as whoever he was in that, what's his name in that 70s show? That 70s show. I mean, his name in it. He's the, oh, he the dad or something. Red. Red. Yeah. red. I guess you know him as Red or Clarence Boddicker. To me, he's all he, he's immortalized as Clarence Boddicker. Every time I see him, I just want to like you know pull out a gun and like say some cool ass wicked shit before blowing some dude's hand off or something. Mm -hmm. He's, he's more of that. Blood on you. 
That'd be weird if you ran into him. Let's try that. And he had blood ready to go like, just to spit on you. He walks <laughs> over to a car, slams his face through the windshield. He commits to the park. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Best moment that, of my life. You know, and like, it'd be like Facebook, you know, Facebook <laughs> selfie. Just met Clarence Boddicker. He spit blood on my face. I now have AIDS or hepatitis C or... Not that you have that, Mr. right? Smith, right. But yeah, just yeah. For humor's sake, I'm pretty sure he has to have that for uh, that to happen. And also, Miguel Ferrer as Bob Morton, who I I I think he's a he's one of those great kind of under the radar actors. Yeah. Uh, uh, I always knew uh, other than RoboCop, much like Kurtwood Smith is what I always remember him from as Bob Morton. Uh, but he was in Twin Peaks with uh, Kyle MacLachlan and and they uh, great TV series on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Uh, but also he was. Uh, in another movie, favorite movie of mine, but Hot Shots Part Two, yeah. uh, a great sequel in its own right. Yep. But uh, interesting thing about Miguel Ferrer, he was—he's really good friends with Carrie Fisher and Robert Unglin, and he—he uh, he read when Carrie Fisher was auditioning for Star Wars, he kind of read the Luke Skywalker part to help her, like to for her to kind of go over her lines. And then he also is—if I remember correctly, I might be mistaken on this—but I want to say he's the one who urged Robert Unglin to go to the audition for Freddy Krueger. So he's kind of like you know I think he's a good actor to begin with, but also he's done oh yeah and he showed up in Iron Man three I forgot about that yeah. he like a he was uh the dude well Vice you saw President it. Rodriguez yeah. I won't spoil anything uh, his role in that I just read but, it off IMDb there you go I mean it's not a spoiler of his role but I mean <laughs> yeah. like the, the plot of the movie yeah uh, and then in addition to Miguel Ferrer from Twin Peaks playing Bob Morton Ray Wise plays Leon who was. No, I was about to say Arnold Palmer, but that's the golfer. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. And a drink. Uh, he was Laura Palmer's dad. I'm trying to think of his first name in Twin Peaks anyway. But he was the da- Laura Palmer's dad in Twin Peaks. Leon. Wait, no, it wasn't Leon. That's his character in a stupid movie. Uh, I'll think of it later. Uh, and also, another guilty pleasure of mine from the that's 90s. But, uh, guilty. Uh, Leland. Yeah, I knew it was something like, live with an L. Leon, Leon, uh, Leland. Uh, Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers 2. I think he was the dad... Of the that was preparing for the thing to come back after the last time or something or other, but you have all the ingredients here for already for a great movie. You got Paul Verhoeven, you know, and it's an action movie about a cop who becomes a cyborg, part man, part machine, off motherfucking cop. You know, Numir. You, I mean, of course, this was kind of his first big thing, but I mean, again, Starship Troopers. He wrote that down the road, so it, you can kind of see the similarities too because you have the uh, the uh, you know in RoboCop you got the little commercials. The kind of the cynical things about the decade and all mm-hmm. that, and then Saints and Starship Troopers with all the kind of the, you know, chip in. I'm doing my part. Would you, you like know? to know yeah. more? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. You know, you can kind of see how it's the same writer. Lisa Gibbons. Oh yeah, as the anchor. Before she got all that plastic surgery done. Hmm. But Daniel, have you ever seen this movie? Nope. You. Ah. Just so <laughs> sorry that you didn't see it sooner. Uh so you've never seen it, but you, I mean, you kind of knew who RoboCop was as a. I mean, having not seen yeah. it, you could you could pick him out of a picture exactly. if there was you know RoboCop Darth Vader. If you had to guess what a RoboCop was, <laughs> you probably could. I think the only thing that might throw you off off had you not seen it, if you saw one of the robots from THX eleven fifty eight thirty eight. I haven't forgot the damn name. Eleven thirty eight. Yeah, I one of those. I knew it was an odd number. Well, the five or the three, not the eight. <laughs> I'm just clarifying because I don't want to, you know, Philip Dobson to send me an email correcting me. Uh, but yeah, so this is the first time you've ever seen this movie, and Andrea wasn't in the room, right? You took my a little bit of it. Oh, of, of course. The she kind of went to feed Allie. The and the worst part, she walked no, in walk in <laughs> the, uh, running over the guy. Oh, really? That, that was, was the worst part. You think uh, to her? 
Or to you, I guess. What would you say the worst when part? When they fucking shot him up. No, that wasn't like... I don't it's, think so. That's prolonged and pretty... You know, oh, you blew my hand off. Oh, now you're shooting me. And you shoot me in the head. And well... I'm sitting here bleeding. Going, when this guy's just totally melting <laughs> and then he just gets splattered, basically. I, always, I have to <laughs> laugh at that scene. It's just so... It, it, it's a great effect. It looks fantastic, but it's just so like... <laughs> it just makes me laugh. His head slides mm-hmm. off the windshield and... To me, the part that's the grossest part is when he walks up to Leon. He's like, "Help me!" And you can see yeah. his bones coming out of his. I mean, great makeup effects. You know, I almost feel sorry for that son of a bitch, but he deserved to die in the most horrible way possible. Uh, but anyway, you never saw it. You you've known of it. Mm-hmm. You watched it for the first time in in 2013 after it came. You know, 26 years after it first released. What did you think of RoboCop? You're so you're so happy and eager. Uh, I've been waiting to talk about this movie for a long time. This is one of the ones I've always wanted to do on the podcast. I kind of liked it. <laughs> no, it was pretty good. Elaborate. <laughs> more, more. It was a fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. probably the main thing about it. I mean, I don't think there was any deep meaning like the last yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there really isn't. It's one yeah. of those nice little popcorn flicks that were enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it's a straight-up action mm-hmm. movie. You know, you can uh, say how they're you can you can emphasize that oh it's him you know he's a machine or is he a man yeah well you, know you can I mean? do that you, about anything if but you really want that's to. really I mean there's one scene that has that reflects on that yeah and everything else is fucked out I must kill <laughs> you know I got to stop these guys so but I watched it in one sitting so that's a, that's always a good <laughs> there thing. you go <laughs> <laughs> no I really liked it uh, again besides that what's what's it called again that machine that was supposed to kill him oh Eto nine yeah. That One was of the greatest cheesy. villains of all time. That was pretty cheesy, but everything else looked really good, especially the gas station blow up. Mm-hmm. They actually, uh, well, they literally blew up a gas station. So. <laughs> and then he, you can kind of see him in the walking yeah. away in the background. That's one of the few scenes where they actually used a stunt double in the mm-hmm. RoboCop suit, but it, it was designed to where like it could withstand the heat of the explosion behind them too, mm-hmm. which uh, we'll get into that a little later. But I, I thought uh, Pete, Peter Weller did a good job. I didn't know Kirkwood Smith was in it until I watched it, so it was that was a. Nice little gem for me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, thought it was a pretty good movie. Awesome. Good. So, as far as action movies go, in terms of '80s action movies, it's got to be pretty up there to me. Uh, oh, that's all. That's all. Say no more, my friend. You've <laughs> you've made my day, and it's been a rough one. So, thank you for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would have. Com- I mean, oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I mean, no, you, you got it. But uh, I would. It, it's yours. Yes, I would completely agree with that. Uh, it's definitely a fun movie. But at the same time, I mean, it's it's gory, it's over the top, the action is phenomenal, and you know, it's again, you don't have to, you can check out during this movie in, in a sense and just enjoy it. You don't have to sit here and, you know, I mean, it's not like Blade Runner. We're like, okay, what did he just say? Let me rewind it. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, it's not, you know, not I'm not saying it's a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination, but sometimes you just want to have fun at a movie. Not that you can't when you watch Blade Runner, but this is one of those like, and this is an epitome of an '80s action movie, a non-Arnold '80s action movie. So to speak. You okay? <laughs> Just thinking about that foot. No, I don't talk about that. <laughs> Go listen to the Footloose episode, everybody. Get that. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but this movie is the, now. Here's the here's I, I, I would say it's sort of a funny story about this movie. Uh, the first time I saw this movie was on TV, and about a year later, after it came out, eighty eight, eighty nine, whenever it came on TV, because I've always heard about it but never got to watch it. Of course, I was seven when it came out, so I mean, I can't. I couldn't walk in and go, I went RoboCop. Like, uh, you better get, you know, they knew me well enough to, my mom well enough, like, you better get your mom in here to this one. 
Anyway, so the first time I ever saw this movie was on TV. So imagine, first of all, watching a, tel- a TV version. That, now, it was an 80s television version. So, I mean, I mean, of course, there wasn't as much score, but, I mean, you didn't really miss the plot or anything of what happened. Right. Uh, but the, the best thing about the TV version of RoboCop is the editing of the language. <laughs> like in the opening scene where we had on the, on the podcast where he breaks into the factory door, you know, he goes, come quietly or there will be trouble. And the guy said, on the real version, he says, ah, fuck you. Well, in the, 80, in the TV version, he goes, yeah, for you. So it's it's and to me it's a better scene when he says that instead of fuck you, you know. And there's all sorts of little different uh, scenes that they like where they they change the dialogue. But again, I was so used to that. So when I finally got this movie, uh, when I finally saw the the real version, I was blown away. First of all, by the the increased violence that you know you don't see on television. Oh, here we go. We're gonna see a little clip of it. Oh, fuck you. That's the real version. That's not the oh, ver- that's that was a WGN version. You. Yeah, that must have been later. <laughs> no, it was the uh, it was one of those. Uh, I'm sure you might both remember, like in the '80s. Uh, yeah, that was fool instead of fuck. Uh, but um, they'd always have like you know the ABC Sunday night movie or whatever. You know, usually Sunday night, if I remember correctly, was kind of a premiere night on TV where they'd play a movie mm. on usually. network. Uh, but they, you know, it was an, it was like the movie trailer guy, like we now return to RoboCop <laughs> on the ABC Sunday night, you know, whatever. Right. You know, I always I always remember like the TV version of that. It's all and there's a YouTube clip where they have kind of some of them. Uh, you can tell by the crawl letters in the bottom, it's WGN. So unfortunately, it didn't support what I told you it said, but you might be <laughs> able to find it somewhere else. But it gives you a good idea. But uh, and one, I think one of the while we're on the subject, one of the best television dub lines of all time was on Die Hard Two. Where in the end, have you you seen? Well, he wins. I mean, obviously, because there's two more sequels after three more sequels after that. Uh, the plane's flying off. He jerks the uh, the gas tank open, so it's spilling gas as it's flying. Which wouldn't light it on. There's the scene right here. I can play it. Yippee ki Mr. Falcon. <laughs> there it is. That's exactly what I was about to talk about. Of course, he says yippee ki motherfucker. But right. then you hear some Mr. dude. Mr. Falcon. It's probably some dude in the production room. Oh shit! Uh, he smoked a pack of cigarettes really quickly. <clears throat> Mr. Falcon. You know, I mean, it's Mr. Falcon. It's not Bruce Willis talking right there. It's just so. It's so out of place and odd. That's one of the funny. To me, one of the funniest. Television okay, dub lines of all time, uh, but similar to the RoboCop. I mean, there's you know, watching the TV version because you know again my kids, but I wore that tape out. I, I I actually I still have the VHS. I have a bin of VHSs that I still have in my attic. They're probably melted, but I literally still have the tape that I you know on the side handwritten because back in the days, kids VHS tapes you had to put stickers on the side and you had to label them what was on it so you know your mom didn't tape over it or shit. Uh, but it still says RoboCop. I think the other thing on it was, uh, I think Superman Four, because you had six hours. You know, you could do the the short play, the EP S- or the SP, L play. Yeah, uh, LP. I want to say that might I may have the S- EP and the LP mixed yeah. up. Uh, you know, so you could either get two hours on a VHS tape, four hours or six hours. I use six hours all the time because we didn't have HD TVs back then, so it didn't matter really how it looked uh, to me at least. I'm sure somebody out there was like, "Oh, I had, to, I always did SP. I had a million VHSs, blah blah." blah. But those shit, those bitches were expensive back in the day. Sometimes you had to re- record over stuff after you watched it. Anyway, uh, and one thing, I, one thing I always remember about the first time I ever saw RoboCop. It came on that like Sunday night. The next day was obviously Monday. Uh, 
that Monday at school, I got at that point in my life, like that was the first time I. That's the earliest I remember getting sick. Like I had to leave school. I just like felt felt so bad. Not because I want to go home and watch RoboCop again, but it was perfect timing. I think God was like, "Nah, you need to go home and watch RoboCop some more." I'm gonna give you a stomach virus, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but uh, I mean, I, I don't want to drone on about how much I love this movie, but it is definitely, without a doubt, one of my favorite movies of the '80s and of any decade. It's uh, one of the best sci-fi, best action. It's just really good, and especially, I think it's one of those that children of the '80s, uh, like pretty much all of us for the most part, kind of. It's one of those. He's like a hero you grow up liking. Uh, of course, you know, a similar thing would be Terminator 2. comes out in 92, 93, early 90s. Uh, and then everybody's all about the Terminator. You know what I mean? Because you know, he's a hero in that one. Whereas, you know, before that we had RoboCop. And, of course, there was the great Sega Genesis game, RoboCop versus Terminator. Side-scrolling, gory, M-rated beat-em-up, sort of. Except you're RoboCop, so by beating him up, you're shooting them with your badass fucking pistol. And everything, so... Yeah, I, I, in case you didn't know, I like this movie a lot. Yeah. It's 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 really really good. It's the word on but, the uh, street. There's a ton of trivia. So let me get to it real quick. Some, there's some really interesting stuff about it too. Uh, for the theatrical trailer, Orion, uh, the corporation that the, the uh, production company that made it, which is no longer in business, uh, and they sold all their rights, uh, they used the music from the uh, the Terminator in the trailer for RoboCop, which is funny enough. And then they have the versus video game and even a comic book series later. Uh, but the thing is, too, Schwarzenegger was briefly considered for the role of, Robo- role of RoboCop. Try saying that five times fast. Role uh, of RoboCop. I knew you were going to actually do it. <laughs> no. Uh, but I'll just edit in me saying, me saying it five it, times. Soundbite yeah. of it. <laughs> I love that shot with the... That wasn't planned. That hubcap goes to the screen. We're just watching clips of it while we're talking. Oh, yeah. Sorry, everybody. You can't see it, but you know, just watch RoboCop. You know what we're talking about. Uh, but they didn't... They considered Schwarzenegger, but they realized he would be way too big. They'd have to put, you know, 80 Schwarzenegger in a suit... That, that was be even bulkier. So the dude, he probably wouldn't be able to fit through doorways. <laughs> so that's where they kind of went. Actually, the, their exact wording was they didn't go with Schwarzenegger because in the suit he'd probably look like the Michelin Man. That's literally the reason that is given wow. on IMDb why they didn't go with him. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, that he hits the... <laughs> yeah, when he runs him over. <laughs> yeah. Supplies like juice. <laughs> uh, I love... Uh, some of my favorite stories about a movie are kind of and about people involved in the industry or kind of the stories going along with the making or how they kind of stick it to the studio or, or you know, kind of get with, you know, the in, uh, intuitiveness or ingenuity of a director or anybody to get what they want when they're maybe over budget or out of time. But this is a perfect example. They were, they were running behind schedule and over budget. So producer, I'm um, sorry, director Paul Verhoeven and the producer purposely didn't film one crucial scene, the scene that is necessary for the movie to happen, which is Murphy getting killed. So they decided that they were going to save that. They saw where the production was headed, that they were over budget and out of, running out of time. So they decided, we're going to film that scene last. So they had to get everything else filmed, like, oh, you know, we're over budget and we're running out of time, but we didn't film Murphy getting killed. You have to film that scene or the movie doesn't work. So that's how they kind of went over budget and everything in a sly way to get what they wanted, so to speak, which I think is a pretty cool story. Uh the RoboCop suit was so hot and heavy that Peter Weller was losing about three pounds a day just from water loss. And eventually they installed an air conditioner into the suit. But before the, over the course of production, like, okay, they realized he might die on us or something. So there's the air conditioner in there somewhere. Uh, 
and Edward Newmere came up with the idea for RoboCop after he helped out on the set of Blade Runner. Ha, huh, imagine that. Which is about cops hunting robots that look like humans in the future. So that kind of that concept intrigued him. So then he just turned the scenario around into a future where a cop that's a robot is hunting human criminals, in a sense. So this is sort of the anti-Blade Runner, in a way. Uh, in a good way. Uh, I thought this was... And you can kind of tell when you watch it, too, especially if you've seen it as many times as I have. In the scene where, uh, you know, RoboCop... It's kind of facing off against Ed 209, and Ed 209 points the gun at his face, and he catches it at the last second, and it shoots by his head, and he blows off his arm, and he goes down the stairs. And Ed 209's like, oh, how do I get down the stairs? They actually made a full-size replica and pushed it down the stairs for that shot. That's why if you watch it, you know, it's the it's a stop motion at the top going, and then they show it kind of just standing there, and then it just kind of tips over, falls down the stairs, and then it's squealing like a pig. Again, stop motion. Magic of filmmaking. Uh, I wonder where that full-size model is today. It's probably in fucking pieces in a back lot somewhere, unfortunately. What a crime. Uh, the fir- of course, RoboCop has three directives and a fourth hidden one, which is revealed over the course of the movie. Spoiler alert. Uh, but his first directive, Serve the Public Trust, was inspired by a fortune cookie. Hmm. So, the ancient Chinese wisdom for RoboCop's directives there. Uh, let me see... Oh, uh, and also the three prime directives, which are serve the public trust, protect the innocent, and uphold the law. There are they're reminiscent of the three laws of robotics devised by the late great Isaac Asimov, published in his short story Runaround. For those who want to know that, uh, I thought this was interesting. Uh, again, talking about maybe you know how a filmmaker is cutting but uh, cutting some corners to film, getting something filmed or getting a certain effect they want. Uh, remember the scene where he goes to City Hall and the dude's holding everybody hostage. And he's walking, he's like, keep him talking. And the guy's like, hey, what you want, dude? You want a car? You want the SX-6000? He's like, yeah, I want a fast car. Like, it's really shitty gas mileage. Anyway, you know the scene. And RoboCop's slowly walking. You know, of course, you're... He takes five minutes to walk to the building. And the dude doesn't hear him walking. Anyway, but then he goes to that heat vision mode. And he sees, you know, the dude picks up the dude. For that scene where it goes to heat vision, that's actually naked actors painted with blacklight reflective paint to achieve that effect for that scene because that was cheaper in 1987 than buying a thermal camera to get that shot. Wow. That's ingenious. Like, see, I, I never, awesome. watching that scene, I never would have thought that. I thought it was heat vision. So, hmm. interesting. And actually, it was called, the actual camera they have to get was an infrared spectrometer, spectrometer, however you want to pronounce that camera. Uh, I talked earlier about how they, the, the fireproof RoboCop suit. There were actually seven suits used throughout the movie. Out of the seven, uh, one of them had special safeguards and fireproof fiberglass to help the stuntmen perform in it, naturally. And another two were used exclusively during the third act of the movie where he gets damaged, the different stages of damage on him as he's fighting Ed 209. Uh, oh, this is funny. Uh, when the movie was in its original theatrical run, again, July 17, around July 17, 1987, in Sacramento, a robbery suspect fled in police into a movie theater that was showing RoboCop. He got so enamored by the movie and watching the movie that... By the time the movie was over and he got out to sneak out, police had already evacuated everybody else out of the theater and were waiting for him and arrested him. So at least they let him watch the end of the movie. Yeah. So he, you know, at least he got to see RoboCop before they hauled me off to jail for armed robbery, which is funny. Uh, I thought I would love to see like a behind-the-scenes shot of this, but uh, Peter Weller in full RoboCop regalia could not fit in the cop car. So whenever you see him in a car, he's basically in his boxer shorts and the <laughs> RoboCop top. So. That's funny to me. And, of course, you know, when you see him stepping out of a car, it's just him with the bottoms on 
doing the step cut you know to him out of the car mm. standing up uh, the ma- again the magic of filmmaking it's what you don't see that you kind of want to see uh, let me see oh this was pretty funny talk, you know because you know we talk about you know us trying to get takes for the you know some of the films that we do and everything but the hands of the Robocop suit were foam rubber so that scene where he's like uh, he needs a car and he walks out and he catches the car keys that took them an entire day's worth of filming to get it to where he could catch it because it kept of the phone <laughs> rubber, the keys would bounce off and he couldn't close his hand fast enough to catch it. And it took over 50 takes and an entire day's worth of filming That's just ridiculous. to get him catching it. It's like the, the bat little scene. It's like the bat scene of Kubrick. Yeah, it's ex- it's exactly like something like Kubrick, but it's like they literally couldn't get... And the axe hit. And again, this isn't CG where they couldn't just, okay, you know, fuck it, you know, we ain't got time to waste on this, even though the films obviously went over budget and... Oh, uh, past deadline, so... They should just do it in reverse, like have him grip it and throw the keys. That probably could have worked. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad we weren't there. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, body count. You want to take a guess? Hmm. People probably check their podcast like, did it turn off? What happened? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Deep thought here. Watching Bob Morton about to get blown away. 30? I guess. That's right on the money. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's There were 30 deaths in this movie. Haha, <laughs> I knew that. Wow. Sorry. No, the only thing I don't no, know I if they count that. Murphy dying as Alex J. Murphy. I wonder if they include him it's in the body and a half. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. I'll, I'll accept that number. That's true. Is he dead? Hmm. But he's... Well, he, he technically died. He legally died. So, yeah. He, well, maybe he'd be a full death. Legally dead. He's not like, you know, yeah, Princess Bride. He's not half dead. <laughs> No, I knew the 30. I did read that. Oh, you loaded bat, cork bat. It's hard for me to keep something like like (laughs) just to play on somebody. Yeah, that's 30. Yeah, I got that right. Well, Uh good job. (laughs) And in the real world, everybody, again, July 17th, 1987. I was seven years old. Daniel was, what, about three? You just turned three, I guess? That's right. Oh, and as we're recording this, everybody, Daniel just turned... 29. Almost to the threshold where there's no return. The dark years are coming upon you, Daniel. Life begins at 30, or so they say. Anyway, but uh, July 12th, five days before the release of RoboCop, Konami releases my favorite game series, quite possibly of all time, Metal Gear. Steven can do that voice better than me. In Mm. Japan, for the MSX2, the original. And then on the same day, I imagine this is because they saw, the people at at the stock market saw RoboCop, like, oh, Stock's going to go so up in this robotic shit. This is the future. But the same day that RoboCop released, at the close of the Dow Jones, it closes for the first time above the 2500 mark at 2510.04. So it just made it. Thanks the to RoboCop. 2500 mark? Yeah. Jeez. Now so today it's what, 14 now. something? Yeah, 14,000. 14, 14, Imagine if you just had a ton of money and just sat on the Dow, like, Certain things. <laughs> I wish I could go back to July 17, 1987 and buy stock in Apple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. I'm yeah. fucking rich. Well, the Dow's the overall. Yeah. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Composite or whatever. When this movie came out, I did have stock in Dow. Like, specifically Dow Jones. It's good. It's good. It's good. The good times. It's, it's what about the crash in 89? I, I went through it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You want to do... Uh, Score wise, what would you what would you give this masterpiece of action cinema? Uh, probably about a 
8.3. Hey, it's in the 8s. I'm happy because I know in, on my scale it's like a 10.9. Uh, again, I've, I've sucked this movie's dick this entire podcast. Yeah. I'm not afraid to suck it a little harder. Yeah. But uh, Robocop to me is a 9.5. It is it's truly like, you know, if you I had to swallowed. Make, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I swallowed. <laughs> I didn't spit this. I straight up swallowed Robocop's amazing, Parental gorgeous life. load multiple times. Multiple <laughs> He doesn't stop. He's a machine. <laughs> it's Peter North and oh, South. God. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but seriously, this movie is. Uh, I, I, know, I know. I know. I'm well aware, everybody. I say it a lot about a lot of movies we cover, but RoboCop truly is one of those. I grew up on this movie uh, in my late, later, you know, seven, eight, nine age. You know, I was. And honestly, RoboCop's one of the first figure, aside from Rambo, I had a Rambo figure. But Robocop's one of the first figures I remember having, like based on you know an R-rated movie. As a kid, I had uh, my brother had a Robocop birthday cake one year, which was mom went and got a cake and had Happy Birthday Justin. We put Robocop figures on, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what you do to save some money. Because these cake pieces that you go buy at Walmart are fucking overpriced as shit. So you go buy a couple of action figures, put them in a cool pose, stick them on your cake, bam, and then the kids get to play with them afterwards. Double win. Just a make, free tip. Make a red velvet cake with nothing on it and just have everybody eat the shit out of it. That's that's just as good too. Leave that cream cheese shit off. Just just give me the cake. Just make a snowball out of it and form it into a ball and just I don't know whatever. You can any way you eat red velvet cake is good. Fuck that shit. Uh, yeah, but I love RoboCop. Bottom line, and that's the bottom line, because Peter Weller said so. Anyway, you need sports rewind or yep. all right. Uh, this, this is a good one. Sports rewind. Uh, this actually. Was the day? Oh, that's a first. I think that we've just had, not like, the year. <laughs> ah, oh. We'll take the day. It was that's when Robocop turned one. Look, that's out. a that's a good anniversary. Th- this is a, this is a big one because it actually still exists. Um, Florence Flojo, Florence Clifford Joiner, broke the world record in the hundred meters. Um, she ran a ten point four nine, I believe. Yep, that record still stands. Wow. And you think about... For overall or for women? For women. Okay. Yeah. I mean, overall, it's Usain Bolt. I think it was 9-5-9. Yeah. Nine, nine. That's what I was about to ask you. But that has been broken along. Donovan Bailey broke it, and somebody else broke it. Like, 9-8. Carl Lewis had the record at one time. Mm-hmm. I remember when he broke this, it. What, what, this is 25 years ago. And she's still... And nobody's really got even close to this. Wow. That, that That's one of the the Cal Ripken-type yeah. records. The, uh, you know, the Brett Favre record. That that's that's an unbelievable record when you think about it. Twenty five years ago, this chick who she passed away now, I believe. But oh, really? I believe she, she is. Huh. Yeah. yeah, she died. To do Danger. to do that in nineteen eighty eight. Now again, you never know. Were they on something? Blah blah blah. But I mean, hopefully she wasn't. But she died in ninety eight. She, 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 she was pretty young. too. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's definitely very pretty. Um, that's that's just one of the records that stick out to me. Like Epileptic cat- seizure. Cat- oh, man. Yeah. That's terrible. And, and she has the 200 meters that still stands. And, and there it goes. It says, have yet to be seriously challenged. I mean, wow. I, I would guess... Uh, real quick, Jesse, can you look up the Olympics last year and see who won the 100-meter women's and what time it was? That's I mean, that's t- like that's extremely tragic, too. Like, I mean, you know, what, what a terrible way to go. I mean, you, you're... You're literally the fastest yeah. woman on the planet, okay. in a sense, and then she, you, unfortunately, The winning time last year in the 100 meters 
um, was 10.75. It was Shelly Ann Fraser Price. Yeah. Jamaica. Like, yeah, that's that's almost three tenths of a second slower than, yeah. than Flojo. And that's, I mean, in racing, that's an eternity. I mean, that's, you know, that's like 10 points yeah. in a basketball mm-hmm. game. I mean, that's. That, it's amazing to me that that record still stands and still stands probably for a long ass time. That, unless she had the perfect wind conditions, whatnot. Right, right. I, I just don't. I don't know if you can break this. I, I can tell you exactly. You can line up. Any, you can line up any ten women you want, and I guarantee you, I can. I can do something to make all of them break that record. Oh. I put oh. a coach purse at the finish line. Say the first one of you bitches that gets there gets that purse. <laughs> Two point seven. <laughs> Just kidding, coach ladies. Purse. Just kidding, ladies. But. Go ahead. Well, well, I, was, I still want to talk. I thought we were talking about it. Oh, I mean. I mean, that's to me. That's the sign. Like, not the sign. Uh, that's just such a testament to moments like that. Because you know, you get stuff like that's broken repeatedly. Like, remember when oh, we might have talked about it? When Mark McGuire and Sosa racing yeah. the record, and then, er- then everybody's breaking. It's like it doesn't mean that much anymore to break the home run record because it's been, you know, it's been. You see, Cal Ripken you know, or, or uh, yeah, that you know, DiMaggio sh- has a hitting streak that's kind of. Hardly ever even been close to. Is this the run? Yeah, like this the is actual the run. one. Uh-huh. Cool. I don't know if that's the actual one, but no, no, it wasn't. No, this I'm is kidding. a follow up. Uh, but Which still. she ran still pretty damn point fast. five of a second. <laughs> that was the ten point five slower. Four. Oh, she might have did that in like preliminaries or something. The uh, the ten point four. Right, right, yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, still, because I, I was curious to see that because she was pretty close to the other people. Yeah, and then I mean. She turned on the afterburners, and then you know about yep. ten foot difference in a split second. I mean, that's just amazing. But fantastic! But yeah. Like <laughs> that's the record. When it's broken, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. It's going. That's not just like you know when you watch the Olympics and like, especially the swimming ones Swimming's the past couple groups. years. Every match, somebody's breaking. You know, the record's moving up a point of a second and over and over yeah. and over. But that's just something that that that's going to be like huge when that's broken because it stood for. You said it was 80, a year later, so 25 years. Yeah. Um, this, the one that we're watching, I believe, is a real record. It was a second round heat. Yep, because the real record right now. It's, look, that was the real record. was 10.76. Look how fast. Uh, 10.49. Wind ate it. Yeah, who cares? Oh, really? Still... You really think the wind pushed her? <laughs> I mean, it, it could help in terms of going running against the wind, but that was... Well, then that she runs... It, yeah, if the wind is blowing a certain speed, they, uh, they'll they claim that it was when they... They're like, no one could run that fast. It's like, <laughs> she just, just did, did. Yeah. in front of you. But uh, She was really pretty. She's really, really pretty, too. Like, if you, such a shame. Like, let's, let's say the wind's blowing like at three miles an hour, f- helping her out. They won't count that. But, no, I mean, like, they won't say that the wind was blowing. It wasn't wind aided. It has to be over a certain amount. To be considered, well, that that's basically the asterisk on the the Barry Bonds record of <laughs> right, seventy. Right. Or, yeah. Bullshit! She ran that. <laughs> no shit. Well, the Earth was spinning. You know, was she running into the into yeah. the, the spin of the Earth or against the spin of the Earth? Because I think that counteracts the wind. Yeah. She ran. A, you couldn't run a more perfect race. Everybody else was win aided too. Yeah. There, yeah. there you go. Why were they faster? You know, why did the wind? You know, were they at a perfect angle <laughs> to where they were lane. funneling the wind to push her to where she ran faster? And that's yeah. one of those things that you see that. Let's say as a runner, because you're you're trying like let's say all these 
you know, the runners behind her, that when they saw, they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> they just like, oh. uh, they just leave. Yeah. Like, like when, oh, when Michael good. Johnson broke the 200-meter record, at the time, he broke it by a long, like, four-tenths of a second, which is huge when you think of racing. Uh, he ran in, uh, I think it was 19.32, which it has been broken by Usain, I believe. But anyway. Yep. There you go. That's awesome. I'm glad you brought that to our attention. Another great moment of the 80s. And that was... Sports Rewind. Now, as we leave the 80s and come back to the present or back to the future segment, I'm just going to talk really briefly. Uh, just a couple of comic book recommendations that are out right now. Mm. Uh, Nerd. The fir- that's a that's a sh- that's a geekly dose quote there. <laughs> Speaking of which, be sure to check out the latest episode, which we we'll get to at the end. But uh, yeah. I just want to recommend. I want to give one recommendation and one opinion. The first recommendation is a series by Image Comics called Saga. S A G A. You need to make an RPG just that name. Surprised they haven't. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, it just, just seems like saga. we have unlimited saga, and <laughs> seems like Saga Radi- Frontier. Yeah, there are some other ones like that. Seven Saga. But it's basically the story <laughs> of the. There's these two alien races. Uh, in the future, and they're at war. Well, two of them, fall, one of them's a prisoner, but the other one, they fall in love, they have a kid, the kid's born. And the governments of each of these warring races are like, you know, they, they know that she escaped with a prisoner. And they're like, this child, like, could could literally bring peace. Like, you know, like it's it's an example to spur an anti-war movement, so to speak. Uh, they want it, they want them killed. Like, you know, they, mm-hmm. we don't need this getting out that there can, there can be a coexistence between us because we hate these people, both sides, blah, blah, blah. So they're being hunted. Across the galaxy because they're in love and have a kid. Uh, the art's fantastic, but it's just, it's a very unique story. Uh, I mean, uh, on Wikipedia, that's the cover of the first issue, and she's breastfeeding your baby on the front. So, that, I mean, it's very untraditional, and but realistic in their dialogue. It's it's very unique, uh, and the um, the alien and the, oppre- the different designs in it of enemies and the worlds they go to are just really, really interesting. Uh, there was actually some controversy on the uh, issue 12, the latest issue that came out as of this recording. Uh, there's this character who's basically has a, a computer screen for a head. I can't remember his name. He's like an emperor, prince, something, blah, 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 blah. Well, he's having this flashback, and on his screen, on his, actually, there it is right there. They actually have it on Wikipedia. But there's a shot of a gay porn on his screen. And that was like a huge deal because uh, an online <laughs> e-reader comic pulled it because of that, that panel. Even though it's a you know a relatively a, I didn't even, when I read that issue I didn't even notice it I didn't even pay attention to it but then people pointed out and that's all I can see now uh, so there's some that kind of generates hype about it uh, that issue yeah. you know become oh you gotta you know it sold out stuff because like oh it has this in it it might uh, be taken away or you know banned or blah 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 but uh, it's an ex- it's only twelve issues in right now but it's ex- is there a reason it was shown. Uh, well, like, hey guys, wanna, check this out. <laughs> well, when if you, people who are going to read it haven't read it, I don't want to say anything. Uh-huh. But that that dude, like, it kind of randomly flickers stuff that passes through his mind. Like, oh, so like he's obviously thinking about that for some reason. Yeah, in a sense, like, I mean, it's not, it's not just it's shocking, but again, like, and honestly, had I noticed that when I read it, I wouldn't have paid any attention to it because of the stuff you've seen earlier in the series, uh, and stuff that's just like. And again, like it goes to character design, uh, the different things they're going through. Because I, I can the dialogue between the husband and wife, well, not the husband and wife, but the mother and father, because you know they're dealing with a kid. They're, di- they're different species. They su- they're supposed to hate each other. It all kind of it's really relatable in their dialogue. 
and uh, that's I don't want to give any plot points away because it goes places where you really don't see it going. You know, you know, you open the first page of an issue and like, oh shit, what happened? And like they tell you what happened. You know, and you're kind of seeing what happened. Uh, but if I haven't read comics in a long, long time, uh, I got an iPod. Oh, I got, excuse me, I got my iPad for Christmas. My dad's hand me down because he got the mini. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, an iPad. Uh, you know, I want to read comics on. You know, read comics. On. So I've downloaded a lot of uh, a lot of the classics. Uh, and a lot of my favorite characters just kind of catch up on and see what's been going on and with X-Men and Batman all that kind of stuff since I've stopped excuse me collecting uh, like with the new 52 and all that blah 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 but a friend of mine recommended this e- series uh, and I read the first issue I was like holy shit this is amazing download the other one's been reading it every, ever since it's come out uh, if you like science fiction if you like comics and if you just like a damn good story Check out Saga. It's by Image Comics. I don't know if there's a trade yet, but I know it's available on like digital formats, like the comic book readers on iPad, iPhone, probably Android. I assume there's probably one on there too. But it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, the other thing I want to just talk about real quick uh, that's going on right now, there's this big crossover in Marvel called, or big event called Age of Ultron, and it's to do with the Avengers because ever since the Avengers movie in the Marvel Universe, it's all about the Avengers and those main characters. Which is fine. I like those characters, but you know, when the X Men movie was coming out, there's a lot of big X Men stuff going on. You know, before the new Spider Man, there's big Spider Man events going on, which that's just the way it works. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but basically, if you ever if you know the Avengers, uh, there's an enemy called Ultron. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail that you should know that if you like comics. But anyway, the if you've ever read the X Men crossover Age of Apocalypse, it's basic. And if the title didn't give it away, Age of Apocalypse, Age of Ultron, it's basically the same thing. Mm. Ultron comes to power, kills a whole bunch of heroes. Everybody else is ramshackled in a group of resistance, and then it, they bring in. I'm not going to spoil any plot points, but uh, I'm not impressed. It's supposed to be really big and a huge, important crossover. It's they. Anytime you throw in time travel as an excuse yeah. for anything, to me, you kind of already lost me because that's a cheap way out. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes sense for the comic, but then it's just like, okay, I'm really not interested right now in it, so to speak. It, it takes away the horror so of what you're reading previously with these heroes being you know fucked up because Ultron is killing. He's not just like, ah, ha, ha, try to get out of this one, Captain America. He's killing people. Right. He's killing heroes. So I think they're like, I think it's a 12-issue thing. It's a year-long thing, blah, blah, blah. I think they're on issues seven or eight. But... You lose me in the time travel because, oh, there's your excuse. Yeah, to now, undo it all. Now, these people that just died and it was badass how certain people die in this, and you're just like, okay, well, that's off. You know, that didn't happen because they're time traveling. They're going to, quote, unquote, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see it. They're going to fix mm-hmm. it, and, you know, maybe one person might be dead from the Marvel Universe, you know. Yeah. But we know all know what that means in comic books. He's going to come back with a long hair and a stupid suit, or <laughs> she will, you know, Superman reference. Right. And everything. But the art is fantastic. It's actually, uh, oh, what's his name? I think Brian Hitch. I might have that. Might have the writer and artist mixed up. But he did the Authority for Image a long or Wildstorm a while back. Mm-hmm. Great art. But he had a falling out with Marvel, so now it's a different artist. I think it's Carlos Patio. I can't remember. Stephen probably knows that stuff because he knows. I know he's really good with a lot of the artists and everything. Mm. Uh, but check out Saga. Age of Ultron's the big Marvel thing going right now. I wouldn't say it's. I mean, there's nothing that's happened that's majorly important right now in the Marvel Universe. Like, they really build uh, Age of Apocalypse... I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Avengers vs. X-Men is universe-changing, which it had some, but it was very disappointing to me. Uh, however, you know, if you like... there's some, It does some cool things initially, but then once the time travel thing comes in, you're just like, eh. If you're like me, you just see where it's going. Uh, if this was a spoiler podcast, I'd tell you exactly where I think it's going, and we could find out in a couple months. 
but we'll see. But definitely highest, if you like comics, again, check out, or you're just looking, again, for a good, unique story that's pretty different from anything you've probably ever read, check out Saga, highest possible recommendation. And that's your Back to the Future for this week. But of course, everybody, we value what you know your opinion. If I said something stupid, if Daniel said something that you just want to praise and build his ego even more because he's so in depth with his movies now, he's grown as a movie viewer to where he recognizes Kubrick's influence <laughs> in modern film. You know, send an email 80sRevisited at gmail.com. There is no apostrophe in that; it's just zero s. Revisited with an eight in the front. Uh, and also on Facebook, Awesome Podcast Network. Check us out there where you get all the info on upcoming shows, funny little pictures we like to post, and also uh, anything related to Geekly Dose and everything and anything that is the juggernaut of the Awesome Podcast Network. And mm. if you're on Twitter, don't forget, at Awesome Podcasts. And we need to do that. We need to pick a movie, too, coming up that we watch, and we can do a live tweet thing to see. Just yeah. for, even, even if none of you guys watch it, we'll have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What we're saying about it. Uh, yeah, but also, don't forget, Geekly Dose, uh, yeah, by the time, yeah, this, it should definitely be up by the time this episode's up, so yep. check it out. Give them, give our friends a big warm welcome back, their first episode since Steven moved up to Seattle, so definitely check it out. In fact, I don't have any idea what they're talking about, they talked about on that episode, so they might even mention something that we talked about today. I'm sure maybe Star Trek might come up, because that's pretty current. They have a lot of catching up to do, so it's going to be a, regardless, it's going to be an awesome episode, so don't forget to check it out, and then come back next week, uh... For our, our next episode of 80s Revisited, which I didn't tell Daniel what it is until just now, but it's one of my favorite movies as well. Again, I say it a lot, but this is the first movie of one of my childhood heroes. Would you care to take a guess? Hmm. One of the people who influenced me and I loved as a child. What do you think of him now? I still hold him in the same high regard. What kind of movie? What kind of movie? Comedy. If you're at home screaming it, I can't hear you, but send an email. Uh, yeah, I don't know, buddy. Okay, well, anyway, it is the first Ernest movie. Oh. Ernest goes to camp. It's summertime, so Age Visited is going back to camp with Ernest, one of my favorite characters as a kid. Of course, we grew up in the South. We'll touch on this more so in, the po- in the, that episode of the podcast, but down here, uh, Jim Varney, as the Ernest character, did a lot of commercials for various... Uh, companies and that's kind of what he became so popular they developed the character kind of like with Pee Wee Herman they developed it into a character a movie character and of course you know there were four really really good Ernest movies and then the other ones just yeah, unfortunately mm-hmm. but next week everybody the immortal classic Ernest goes to camp for 80s Revisited I'm Trey Harris I'm Danielson Angel Jesse Sedgley Kawakum. Oh, I was gonna say something from Terminator. I totally fucked that up. Cowabunga, everybody. <laughs> Have a good one. Watch <laughs> Robocop. Uh, The Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts.